Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Okay, everybody, welcome, welcome. We got a good show for you today. We got one of one of the guys from the industry made sport fishing relevant in Southern California for a very, very long time. We're to, with no further ado, we're going to bring in Pete Gray and we're going to get this show started. We got a lot of people already here to watch us, Pete. So let's get going here. Hey, buddy. Hey, Captain Dave. Hey, audience. How you doing? I'm not used to the visual thing. You know, it's like I people have to actually see me now. It's like this is scary. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Pete, once again, I just want to thank you so much for all the help you've done for the whole sport fishing industry. It, like my father said, you made sport fishing relevant for a very, very, very long time. And you were a key instrument in that. And my dad loved you and loved to listen to you every Saturday and Sunday. But I know you did not start out in the fishing radio business. So there's a lot of people on the show already. And a lot of you get to interview people all the time, but no one ever interviews Pete. So yeah. I gotcha. That's cool, man. Well, thanks for the opportunity and thanks for the nice words too. Your dad was such a special part of Let's Talk Hookup for so many years. And he always kept me straight. You know, he's like, uh, you know, we kind of guardian angel guy like Bob, Bob Fletcher and, and, and other people in the industry. But your dad, if we'd say something that wasn't quite on cue, like Bob Fletcher always did too, uh, he'd say, wait a minute, Pete, here's the real story. Cause I'm sitting on the Pacific Fisheries Management Council and this is what we did. So it was always great to hear from your dad and what happened, you know, the real story, right? Right. Well, it was the hotline, boy. When you saw the phone ring, you were like, uh-oh, what did I say? What did we say? Yeah. Where did we go off? Yeah, it was cool. Well, I think it's really interesting and really cool from where you started and where you're at now. I mean, you've been doing this radio show. You're on your 32nd year. Yeah. That is absolutely amazing. That is yeah. so amazing. You've yeah. Seen so many changes. Very fortunate to be able to make a career out of this. No doubt about it. So how did you get into this radio thing? I think your family had something to do with it, your pops? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. Um, my dad was um, on the radio in uh, Los Angeles. We lived in Los Angeles when I was uh, a teenager. Uh, he was on KABC in Los Angeles. His name was Marv Gray. He had the afternoon drive show on KABC and ultra conservative kind of guy. He was like kind of a kind of a Rush Limbaugh kind of conservative, very, very conservative and very controversial guy. So super popular. And um, and he was kind of the conservative voice on KBC at that time. And uh, he, he, he actually passed away when he was only 52 years old. But he, my dad had such an amazing career in his short 52 year lifespan. He was in, the, he was a, a newspaper guy. He was a, uh, 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 in the, um, uh, he worked for the New York Times for another years. Uh, grew up in, in New York, and then he um, he went to uh, he went into the service and was in the Overseas Secret Service OSS during the war. And he actually um, won several medals for spying on 
the Japanese behind uh, enemy lines um, in China before China was was communist when it was still a national state uh, bef- and 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 run by that. So he was a spy back in the day, and then came back and moved to um, the Philippines, and that's where I was born in Manila, Philippines. He ran the Manila Times for several years, and then we left the Philippines when I was two months old, and he was a newspaper guy in Riverside area. Uh, ran several newspapers in Riverside. And then uh, we moved to San Diego and he was still in the newspaper business down here. And then we moved, then he said, we got to move to LA. And I was like, no. (laughs) So uh, we were living in Point Loma at the time we moved to Marine Del Rey and actually lived on a boat for uh, a couple of years too in Marine Del Rey and, and various places. But that's when he started working for KBC. And he was actually, before that, he was, um, it's all coming back to me now. Um, he worked for Joe Pine. If you remember Joe Pine, I know the older people are going to remember Joe Pine. Joe Pine had the Joe Pine show, uh, the Beef Box, and he was on Metro Media uh, and, and like ultra nat- naturally syndicated uh, show. He produced Joe Pine's show. And then Joe Pine also had a, a, a talk show on KLAC at the time. And so my dad, when Joe would be off, my dad would fill in for him on KLAC. And then he ended up getting his own talk show on KBC. And so in that short 52 years, the guy did amazing things. And he was such a strong influence to me. He's the one that got me into fishing. He loved boats. He loved to fish and just loved being out on the ocean. And he's he's the one that instilled that passion in me. Uh, I remember many, many days going over on our old Chris Craft and Tolly Craft that we kept at the Konakai Club uh, over to the Coronado Islands and spending the night and catching halibut at night. And that was just uh, great memories of that. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. And then how did you get into this radio thing? Did so, yeah, that's, it's kind of funny. And, and so I was, uh, he was, I was 18 when he passed away. Um, so my career kind of went a different direction. I finished college and then um, I decided I was a carpenter's apprentice for a while and decided I didn't want to pound nails for the rest of my life. So I went back and finished another degree and, um, and then I uh, in marketing, and then um, I went into I was working for veterinarians on the side. I was a vet tech, and worked for veterinarians uh, as a vet tech for a number of years, and decided that was not the career I want path I wanted to do. I wanted to make some money, so I actually went and sold pharmaceuticals to veterinarians for a number of years, and then um, I wasn't real happy doing that. And then actually my sister told me it's like, well, why don't you try and get into radio sales? And so I called up the local radio station KKOS in Carlsbad. Bad, and I said, "Hey, I want to I want to sell advertising." And uh, the general manager said, "said uh, Well, you'd have any experience selling advertising?" No. And so I got in his face, convinced him I could do it. And and about in about a year, I was the sales manager at the radio station. And um, so I was there for eleven years. Worked for a great guy named Jeff Chandler, uh, who owned the radio station. And it was a KKOS KCEO. It's a was uh, 96 FM and uh, and uh, um, and AM 1000. And so on. So I developed this whole thing. We weren't making a lot of money on the AM side. So I developed this whole thing where we could sell block programming. And I think we were actually the first people to start selling block programming in San Diego County, uh, where you could have the Dave Hansen show if you paid us $500 a week or something like that. Or you could have the, the doctor show or the chiropractor show or the lawyer show or whatever. So we developed this whole thing, uh, putting the people on the on the radio and having their own show for an hour. And then I thought, well, shoot, I think it'd be kind of fun to put together a radio show 
about fishing. So I actually purchased an hour on Sunday afternoon, 4 to 5 p.m. on KCEO, and that's where we started. And uh, the, the guest, um, the first guest we had was Bill Poole, who the legendary oh, Bill Poole, oh, oh, oh. the father oh. of Southern California sport fishing. You're, you and your dad, your dad and Bill Poole were basically the founding fathers, right? Oh, yeah. They're the guys. And so, but San Diego sport fishing, Bill Poole was the guy. Your guy was, your dad was, of course, Dana Point and uh, San Clemente sport fishing and such. But uh, Bill, at the end of the show, he says, kid, you got something here. And I, I was a kid back then. I was like 30-something years old. So... Um, so I went, Oh, cool. So I should continue doing this. He said, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, that's all, that's how it all started. Then I moved the show to, uh, the, the mighty 690 in San Diego. And, uh, that was an all big, big all sport station, 50,000 watt station. And my owner of the radio station said, I said, but I need to keep my job as sales manager because I can't afford to not do that. And so he said, okay, well, we'll, um, we'll uh, let you keep your job, but as long as it doesn't interfere with your current job, I'm good with it. So after a while, when we expanded out to be four hours on two hours Saturday, two hours Sunday on the Mightier 1090, uh, my, the salespeople that I was managing started complaining to the owner and said, Pete's spending all his time doing all this stuff on the radio and fishing. And so he took me out to lunch one day, just totally cool guy. And he said, hey, you need to make a choice. And so I took a big gulp. And said, "Okay, I got to pursue my passion and never look back." And I'm very, very fortunate for that. Yeah, it's been an amazing career, and like I was saying before, it has made sport fishing in Southern California relevant every Saturday and Sunday. And I know so many people that they they set their alarm in the morning, they get up in the morning, they have their coffee, and they listen to your show, and they can quote you, they can quote Ricky, they can quote me. It's amazing how closely they listen to you every Saturday and Sunday. And all the sport boat captains, the call-in, the whole thing, it's super important to all of us in the industry. Now, Thanks. back when it first started, you were by yourself? Uh, you know, I had another partner, um, for, and he he went away. He moved to Colorado or something like that. And then... Um, and then when he moved away, um, I had a guy named Rick Grover who owns Anglers Marine. He was with me trying. We were trying to start a, a freshwater bass show. That didn't work out. You know, freshwater bass, just not my thing. And, and, and there's just not enough people that want to talk about freshwater bass. Especially and, in Southern California. In Southern California. So it, that part of it didn't really work out. So we concentrated on our saltwater. Uh, and, and then uh, Rick went away and... Um, I uh, had Marty Milner come in as a guest with uh, Bob Marriott from Bob Marriott's Fly Fishing Store because I love to fly fish. That's one of my passions. And um, even though we don't talk a lot about fly fishing and uh, I, I asked Marty after the show, I go, what are, you what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm still doing a little acting, but, you know, uh, uh, not much. I'm kind of semi-retired. And I go, well, I said, I said, I'm looking for a co-host. It doesn't pay much, but you get to fish a lot. And he's like, I'm in. And that was that made it happen. So Marty was with me for uh, eleven years. Um, just a fantastic person to go with. He he was a he man, man. He was just like he was on Adam Twelve, you know. He was and or on Route sixty six. He was a tough guy, man. I remember trudging rivers in Alaska with him, and I was considerably younger than Marty, right? And Marty would just go. He'd just go. He was tough. 
and uh, just a wonderful guy to be with, brought a new identity to the show and uh, kind of really helped propel us to a next level, which was really cool. Right, because he was a big time star. He was one of my Ooh. heroes growing up oh, as a me kid. Too. Let yeah. me tell you, Adam 12 was my show. Me as too. A kid. That was like the show, Kent McCord and Marty Milner, and it was like the show. And then my dad got him to be the grand marshal of the parade in San Clemente at the festival. Oh, just I didn't know that. That's cool. Just because he was, I was such a, we had Adam 12 posters in our house. <laughs> it was a big deal. And he got, and then he was, on your show, which was incredible. And I would just, I was driving the seahorse back then and I would listen to that show in the morning and I would just go, gosh, I just, I just want an opportunity to be on the show. I just want to talk to Marty. I just want to talk to Pete. I just want to be, I would dream. I know that's a weirdo, but I would dream about an opportunity to be a part of your show back then so much. And I remember at the Fred Hall show, one day I was there setting up a booth for a client and uh, I had never met you. This was a long time ago and I had a cart. I was working in the trade show industry and I was driving a cart and you were like, hey, can I put some of my, and I was like, oh, it's Pete. Oh yes, you <laughs> put some of your stuff on the cart and we drove down the aisle and I- I remember that. Oh my gosh, I'll start crying right now. It was a big deal to me, guys. It was a big deal to me. Pete was a big star in my eyes and oh, he sat nice. with Marty on the show and it was a it was a huge deal, gang. And I I can't I'm so happy that you did this show with me today because you don't know how important you were in my life and how oh. important you are now. My oh, thank you. My whole week revolves around getting ready to make sure that I don't let you down on Sunday. Well, you do a great job with that, Robert. Every Sunday about 8.20 a.m. on Let's Talk Hookup, you can hear Captain Dave give the fresh report. And what's amazing, too, about your reports, Dave, is that even though you're living down in Cabo now, you still know what's going on up here. How do you do that? Well, I have 3,700-plus members of my website, private boaters, that are out there every day. Plus, my sister and my brother run Dana Orr Sport Fishing. Of course. And then all the captains that work for the family over the years, they run some of the best sport boats like Aliar. He's like one of my really good buddies. I've known Aliar since he was a little kid. No I call kid. these people. They answer the phone, Pete, and they talk to me. And so I get some really good information. Good so what's joke. going on? Yeah, that's cool. But I want to say something about what you were saying about my dad. When you used to get that hotline phone call when I'd yeah. be on the show with you, we knew we were in trouble. Same thing when I get done doing my show and it's nine o'clock and I just go, I wait from nine to nine thirty to find out if I did anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'd get that call too, huh? Yeah, that's cool. That's neat. Yeah. Well, it's been you know, I've been very fortunate. You know, the fishing industry is such a great there's so many great people and players and and people. And that's you know, I told Ricky when he started with us. And we haven't talked about Rock God Rick yet, but uh, of yeah. Rock, Ricky is a very important part of the Let's Talk hookup as well as Corey Sandin. But um, Ricky, uh, Ricky, when he started to be co-host, I said, you know, uh, you got to understand that we're not the stars. You and I are not the stars in this. We're just the facilitators. The stars are our guests, like Captain Dave, like Captain Frank Lopresti, like uh, like all the different Aliar, whoever may be the guest that day or guests that day. Those are the stars of the show, and uh, that's what we 
you know, that's what we strive for. And that's why we try and make people uh, make these people that are, are our celebrities, our stars, the showcase of the show. And I think that really helps a lot instead of just, you know, us being like telling you how great we are or something like that. We're going to tell you how great Dave Hansen is or how, how great Ali are or Captain Frank is or something like that. Oh, and one of my dad's favorite things was when you went up there to Dana or sport fishing and did that on site. Yeah. Oh, that, that was, was fun. That was such a great day for him. He was so proud. He just was so proud. He was so happy that you went up there and did it on location because you do quite a bit of location stuff when you were with Ford, you go down to Ford, you go right. down to the shops, you do a lot of stuff. And my dad, he would tell me all the time, man, I wish Pete would come here. I wish I go dad. I think all you have to do is ask him. Yeah, exactly. And that's all it took. Yep. And then I think we did what two or three live shows there. I know it too. And yeah. my dad was blown away because when it was over, he's like, Every single body that was there was just there to ask you questions. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> I don't know. But it was fun. It was great. But what I love about the show is that, like you said, you bring in the guys. You bring in the guys, the captains of the boats that people are going out on, the sport boat captains, that people really don't get an opportunity to talk to them. And then you make them relevant on your show. And you make, you make it such a personal thing that when these people go out fishing with these guys now, they actually feel like they know who they are because they get to tell their story. Yeah. They get, to, talk. They get yeah. to tell you what's going on out there. And people don't feel that intimidated now because they've met these people on your show. That's, That's cool. A big deal. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dave. That's nice. And so Ricky, because Ricky is a huge part. And boy, if there's any tackle questions at all. Oh, man. You he's... and I, we don't. No, he's, he's the man. He, that's his life. He lives it every day. But he used to be manning the phones when he was a little kid, right? Right, yeah. His dad, we used to call him the Codfather uh, because we we nicknamed Rick Rock Cod Rick. And the way he got his name is he sent me a, a Christmas card with him holding a bunch of rock cods. And uh, when he was uh, manning the phones, our phone screener, and I said, that's your name, Rock Cod Rick. And it stuck. And so we nicknamed his dad uh, the Codfather. But his dad used to get up when he when Ricky was he started like when he was like late 13, maybe 14 years old. Uh, he started answering the phones. His dad would. And that was when we were on six to eight a.m. every Saturday, Saturday and Sunday. So his dad would get up. At, I mean, he worked construction. So he was up early all week, get up on the weekend, take his kid in. Um, and, and to do the show at 6 a.m. every Saturday and Sunday to answer the phones when he was 14 until he could drive himself when he was like 16 or 17, right? And so the way it morphed into him moving on was um, he he was with Marty and I for, for many years. And then when I would leave and go on a trip or something like that, Marty, believe it or not, as, as experienced an actor as he was, uh, was scared to death of being by himself because he wasn't super knowledgeable about fishing and tackle and stuff like that. So I would put Ricky in to co-host with him when I was gone. And Rick was a total natural from the start. And so that's how it all started is so um, Rick would fill in when I was gone and, and uh, be with Marty and, and, and with Marty was gone, he would fill in with me. And then when Marty had to retire because of health reasons, Rick, I said, it's your job. And he said, okay, I'm in. 
And uh, so that, that's probably one of the greatest things that ever happened to me when he said, yeah. So oh, he is, he is such a big time part of the show. It's just amazing. Oh yeah. Even when you bring in Frank Lepresti or you bring in Tim Ekstrom or you bring in any of these guys that are long range experts, when it gets to that tackle question, Rick. Absolutely. Yeah. Got it. It, it doesn't matter who the guest is, whether it be a private boat guy or a or or or, or an East Cape guy or 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 somebody from Alaska. Ricky knows the answers to what those questions are, and he's super knowledgeable about that. And and has and like you and I, he has a passion for it, right? Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. Big time. He's been at he's been with you since he was fourteen, but he's been at Fisherman's Landing for how long? Oh man! So I think he started working at Fisherman's Landing when he was 16 years old. Yeah, right. something like that. Yeah, um, Doug hired him um, part time while I was going to school, and then I think once he graduated from high school, he went full time with Doug. So yeah, he's been there many, many years. But now he's a part owner and assistant manager there too. So he's worked worked his way up the rail, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and you can feel it when you. When he's in the, on the show and you have a guest come in and you may not know this guest very well, a captain or something, but Ricky has a personal relationship. Oh, with he him. knows him. Yeah. He's grown up there. Yeah. So it's just a, it's a great, when you're interviewing people, Ricky has so much insight into these guys that are yeah. legends in the industry. It's just a wonderful bonus to the whole thing. Yeah. Like tomorrow's guest, Dwayne Diego, man. Yeah. I mean, Ricky and him are super close and Dwayne Diego is such a good guy. Really, I don't know that you ever had him on on your talk show here, but Dwayne is a super good guy and super, super knowledgeable fisherman and uh, really kind of a pleasure to be around. He and Ricky have been buddies for, for a long time because, you know, they're pretty close in age and stuff like that. So they can relate a lot better than an old guy like me. Well, I have a great story. Dwayne Diego was very first job working on the boat. He was working for Jamie Thins on the seasons. Oh, yeah, I Jamie. Him, but... Well, he had an opportunity because Jamie was good friends of my boss and I was running this Michelson and we took it to Cabo and that was Dwayne's very first trip to Cabo. He was my deckhand on this 43 Michelson and wow. and uh, we broke down and we were stuck at Mag Bay for 16 days Oh my! with no, no water and I don't drink, but there was some alcohol on the boat, but that only lasted a couple of days. <laughs> we were eating lobsters like they were apples because we had no butter. We had nothing. The Pongoleros would drive by and throw us some lobsters in the afternoon or something. But it was crazy. But Dwayne and I got to know each other pretty good. And, uh, yeah, he's a great human. He's just been super busy living his best life, going to Fiji, going to Australia. And then he's coming right into your show tomorrow. He's going to have some phenomenal stories to tell you about he, Australia. He just landed from Australia, literally, right? I mean, just like a couple of days ago. So, yeah, he's going to have some good stuff. Yeah, he does live the life. And good for him, man. He's he's on the go. And and then he starts – he'll probably start fishing on Pinnacle Sport Fishing here real soon. So. Right. He's very yeah. sought after too for the private boat guys. The guys yeah. want him to come with him. He's got he's got his business and he's got his three three parkers, right? And then Yeah. And then he also goes and does the guide service with a bunch of guys on their yachts. So he's super busy, but he, yeah, like you said, he is so knowledgeable and he's got it. Boy, he's got it. He there's nobody that's got that passion any more than Dwayne. He fishes every day for a living and then on his days off, just like you and me, he goes fishing. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about tomorrow's show. It's going to be fun because we only can get Dwayne like a couple times a year, but 
And and the cool thing is, he just like you and I, he's a Costa pro too. He wears the right sunglasses. So yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. So now your show has been on for total combined just almost 32 years, right? Yeah, yeah. And that then, includes starting. Yeah, we started in September of 1991, and that was before there was no there was no internet back then, right? There was hardly even any cell phones back then. I think cell phones were like this big, right? Yeah, like a suitcase. Yeah. Like a little suitcase. There was a little, there was something that happened that really helped you out tremendously that I was a part of back, what, two years ago or two and a half years ago when you had to move everything to the app? Yes. For yeah. A little while. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, um, 10, the original 10. So, we were on 690. And then they migrated to 1090, same basic kind of management. It was just uh, because they're Mexican signals, there were Mexican ownership changes and they kind of had to migrate that um, that station over 1090. And stay, 1090, of course, became this giant, giant radio station. And then because of unknown reasons, I don't know what happened, 1090 one day went out of business. I mean, it just... It, it who knows what happened, right? They were home of the Padres. They were home of Chargers for a long. I mean, it was just how could this happen to a major radio station? But radio went has go, has been and still is going through some weird stuff because the internet and you know streaming and podcasts and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so um, so we fortunately just before that happened launched our app our let's talk hookup app that you just saw on the screen and that has been a game changer for us it has absolutely been an incredible game changer and i want to thank our guy adam clark and then bobby woolrich who actually was both 1090 guys that helped me do all that excuse the phone there i forgot to turn the ringer off um and, and those guys helped me launch this app and it's actually with a company uh in in uh in uh Seattle called Subsplash and they do they 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 when I started they did just church apps right so they streamed sermons um, on on churches apps and so they I asked them I said well can you develop an app for us and, and they said yeah sure and that's what they that's what they did so we got that developed that and and there you go we have our let's talk hookup app that has taken us to totally different levels now as as you know by adding your app oh absolutely well it it makes it perfect for me. And I know a lot of people down here in Cabo and all over. And we just had a guy throw up a thing there that he's listening to you and can't uh, listening to this in Cancun. But the app makes it so that I get to listen to the show wherever I'm at, no matter where we're at. And now with Starlink, most of the captains and everybody, we get to listen to your app when we're out on the boats, out on the yachts, out on the long range boats. So that whole little hiccup, you were ahead of it. By the grace of God, yeah, you didn't skip a beat. time, yeah, skip a beat, and then all of a sudden you called me up and you went, "Hey, we're back on 1090," and I'm like, "Really?" You're like, "Yeah, they're back. We're back." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is going to be game changer because now you got the app and you got the radio show. It's going to be hard for people not to hear you." For sure, you know, and it was interesting because when 1090 went out of business. It, 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 this is a this is a crazy story. So my wife and I had planned this trip to Japan for a year, right? And so it just so happened that when we were on that trip in Japan, I got the call. Okay, you're off the air. 1090s out of business. It's like really. So I was negotiating a new deal with a new radio station 
in Japan on the phone from there, at, which like, okay, so at 8 a.m. here, it was like 7 p.m. there, right? So it was kind of weird, but got it done and got it got to renegotiate a new deal with a radio station called The Fan here in San Diego. It's the pod, home of the Padres. But, uh, and, and they were good to us for 18 months. They were great. And, um, uh, but, and they had streaming on the air, but we lost all that LA signal on the radio. And I had no idea how important that LA signal was, LA and Orange County signal, I should say, because the fan doesn't go anywhere but San Diego. And really it doesn't do very good job in San Diego itself. The, the, the signal just basically sucks. I'm, I'm sorry to say that, but it is. Um, so by moving back to 1090 and having that signal as well as the app, we got almost like, it was almost like turbocharged because we had people turned onto the app and then we had our big signal back. And so the show has never been more popular than it is today. Thanks to the app and thanks to, you know, the big signal on 1090 because people can listen kind of all over the place. Hey, my buddy, Kevin Cubby Pulse got, you see that what he just wrote there? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. In fact, uh, that I built a sailboat. I built a 31 foot sailboat. And we were docked next to uh, next to Moonbeam and, and Cubby, and Cubby and I became good buddies. And uh, I quickly figured out that you couldn't fish very well from a 31 foot sailboat, so I traded the sailboat in for a for a 25 foot uh, uh, sport fisher and uh, got rid of the sailboat. So uh, yeah, Cubby's a great guy, and uh, good to see Cubby around. Oh yeah, he's a wonderful guy. We just had dinner with him night before last. He's one of my best buddies in the whole world, but um. He loves to listen to your show every Saturday and Sunday morning, and he just gives me so much garbage when I get on there. He's like, how in the heck are you telling everybody what's going on, and you're in Cabo with me? And I'm like, because I have that information like you and I talked about before. Another guy that likes to give me a bunch of grief about it is Pete Grosbeck. Pete loves to give me Oh, oh yeah. Pete, you know, I went to elementary school in Cabrillo Elementary School in Point Loma with uh, Pete's little brother, Jimmy. Oh, wow. And we used to go down there and drive down to the Marlin Club and watch uh, Pete come in on his little little wooden boat, Bakaruda, and load up on Marlin. You know, back when Pete was like, I mean, I mean Pete was like a, t a teenager back then, right? Yeah, he tells a great story about on my, on my um, website, I have legends, in, a bunch of the legends talking, and Pete talks about when he went out on the – aluminum boat and his dad told him he can't leave the harbor he went all the way out to the nine caught his, yeah. <laughs> caught his first marlin he was 14 years old on on the aluminum boat got in it oh was that boat aluminum i thought it was wood i don't know maybe it was wood maybe yeah i don't remember the story remember the the 70s were really hard on me so i don't <laughs> remember the story exactly correct but now with your website and stuff you do a lot of really cool promotional trips where yeah. guys get to go out with the people that are on your show and they get to go, you call it, what do you call It's like a workshop. Field research, man. No, 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 no. That when you send guys out on charters with let's talk hookup. Yeah. You mean just host? Yeah. Yeah. And like a join, a, we call it a join us trip or, or hosting the trip. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're, we're very fortunate to have a, a lot of great, great sponsors for a number of years. Uh, on Let's Talk Hookup that have been with us. And so if it's a travel destination like 
Kingfisher Charters or Katmai Lodge or Queen Charlotte Safaris or or uh, Rancho Leonero or Palmas de Cortez or or the sport boats, you know, Royal Polaris, Islander, uh, American Angler. We 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 host trips on various uh, various boats and or travel destinations and go on as many of those either Ricky or myself uh, go on as many of those as we possibly can and then we have people that help us out with the show that also uh, help host the trips for us too because we can't go on all of them of course but those are fun you know we get uh, product from our sponsors to uh, give away at a lot of them except for the ones down you know up that we have to travel with because we can't travel with them but the sport boat ones we, we we host a lot of product from sponsors that we can give away and stuff like that but they're fun you know and that's that's what we call when we have to go fishing we have to we, we go field we it's our field research right we have to go right. it's our job and then you named your boat field research exactly so. yeah and then you do like tournaments too the the let's talk hookup tournaments down here at the east cave yep yep down the loretta rumble yeah the loretta rumble which we're going on in a couple of weeks with cast tours that's a lot a lot of fun this was actually a shot from a live broadcast with the Sport Fishing Association of California that we did down in Cabo. And the whole purpose of that was to try and further our relationships with the Mexico fisheries people. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people came from Mazatlan and big fishery guys came in. And, and I think, it, it, you know, Ken Frankie set all this stuff up and, you know, works really closely with the Mexicans to try and further our uh, success with uh, being able to fish in Mexico. So that was where, where that shot came from. Yeah, and one thing, since we're talking about that, we need to let everyone understand that it is not our right to fish in a foreign country. Absolutely. It is a privilege. Go it is an absolute privilege that can be taken away at any given time. We don't any want time. to do it. Yeah. The ugly American down here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so like I went to the Bart Hall show in, in Long Beach yesterday, and uh, and they have a, lot, a good representation of uh, the Mexico fisheries people there. So. Go when you go to that show. If you're going to that show today or this weekend, go by and thank those guys. Hey, thank you for allowing us to fish in your waters. We really appreciate it, and let them know that. Absolutely, it's a big deal. And then another thing that you are super involved in is the Rollo. Yep, the Captain Rollo's Kids at Sea. Yeah, AKA Friends of Rollo. Of course, that's a big deal. Yeah, Rollo was. A guest on Let's Talk Hookup numerous times, either by himself or with Captain Frank Lopresi before he sadly passed away a number of years ago. And um, Tracy Toussaint actually called me up and said uh, from the from the Royal Star, she's Randy Toussaint's wife and runs the office at the Royal Star, called me up and he said, hey, we're going to start this organization called Friends of Rollo because Rollo loved to take kids fishing. And we're, it's going to be all about taking kids fishing. And I said, I'm in. Whatever I can do to help, I'm in. And so we have a great board of directors uh, and have incredible people like Mike Lum and Tim Baker, Harold Davis, uh, Steve Pennard, uh, that help us. Uh, Howard, um, who's Howard Coolidge, who does a lot, help us uh, raise money exclusively just to take kids fishing. And so they've uh, chartered many, many boats out of Dana Wharf Sport Fishing. Uh, Seaforths, uh, all the landings in San Diego, all the way up and down the coast. If you have a group of kids that wants to go fishing, whether it be from a, uh, a, 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 a an underprivileged neighborhood or from Rancho Santa Fe, that's what Rollo's all about, is just getting kids out on the water and taking them fishing on the salt water, on the sport boats. 
And it's an amazing deal because a lot of kids don't even know that that ocean is so close and so easily accessible. And the thing Mike Lum and, and Baker and you, and you guys promote this thing so big time. And like Mike always says, what people need to understand is all of the money goes to taking kids fishing. That's there's right. No, yeah, no we don't get paid. I mean, you, you know, we only have two salaried employees because they work their asses off, and that's um, Tim Baker and, and, and Mike Lum. But they don't get paid a lot. No, but no, no. Everything else, everybody else is a volunteer. All the people that the shows that help out and stuff like that are all volunteers. So, like, and, and and I think at the number now is like one hundred and forty-five thousand kids have been taking fishing since Rollo's inception. Oh my gosh, that makes my heart feel so good because I talk about taking kids fishing all the time on my show and how important it is. Oh yeah. And then like they just did the day at the docks and it was all that tackle that had been donated from yep. all of the anglers yeah. all over California and they sold all that tackle. And then Mike was on your show right mm -hmm. before telling this is the biggest donation they've ever had, the most tackle they've ever had. The, the, the best fundraiser in the history of, of Rollo, which is a saying something because there's been some pretty good ones. You don't forget there were times when we gave away a Davis boat and, you know, a Ford truck and that kind of stuff. This one uh, outdid them all. And and that's because of Mike Lum, Tim Baker, uh, and, and and all the support system that they have, Howard Coolidge and stuff. That's those guys doing it. You know, I'm just a guy that talks about it and promotes it. And But you know what really makes Friends of Rallo, Captain Rallo's Kids at Sea work are all the generous people that donate so much to help. All the people that donate the tackle, all the people that buy tickets for the spin the wheel or buy tickets for what's what's happening now is our annual raffle that's going to happen. Give away these uh, things at the end of uh, April. It's going to be for the annual raffle. All that all that is is because of fishermen uh, like the people that are listening to your broadcast here that generously donate uh, thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, and that's what makes it work. And by just and I'm throwing you on on uh, the fire here, but do you have their website? Do you have that available on yeah, your it, right it's rollokids.org. R-O-L-L-O kids K-I-D-S dot O-R-G. Rollokids.org. And that's uh, and you can donate there. You can find out about all the promotions. Like we're coming up this month, we have a great promotion with Akuma. One of your sponsors, I know, and uh, Akuma uh, Dave Brown's going to be doing some spots on Let's Talk Hookup, and uh, they're going to be giving away reels and for just for buying the annual raffle tickets. So they have this huge promotion for doing what you're going to do anyway: buy some annual raffle tickets where you're going to be able to win a bunch of prizes, and then you're going to be able to win an Akuma reel. Wow, so that's coming up here. I think it's going to launch on April 14th. So okay. how wonderful is that? Yeah, for sure. And then another thing that you're super involved in that we need to talk about, and I know you, you're you not a fan of talking about it. I'm not a fan of talking about it. There's more closures coming every Ooh. single day. CCA and how important Wayne Catow and Chris are over there. And let's just talk about that for a few minutes, Pete. Yeah. I know we both don't like this subject, but it's yeah. Cool. yeah, the politics of it. But that's the facts of, the, of, the, of what it is, Dave. As you know, we all have to be involved in this. And what's so cool, like I saw Wayne Cotto yesterday at the, at the Bart Hall show, and he said they already had seven life memberships sold, which are $1,000 each, and they already had 
uh, dozens and dozens of members because you get in free to the Fred Hall Show. But if you buy the life membership at the Bart Hall Show this week, you get a, a Daiwa reel. And then you also entered in to win a, a, a Hobie kayak and a, and, a, and, a, and a big safe. And you get a lifetime entrance to the Bart Hall shows, as well as being a lifetime member to the, 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 the CCA, which is, is really important. So join CCA. We all have to be a part of it. And yeah, those guys work really hard. I mean, there's so many. They've already made tremendous progress with this 30 by 30 by talking to the right people. And I don't understand the politics. I know you don't care to either, but those guys do. And that's why we need them on our side. So please join CCA. Well, like I said, when Wayne was on the show and he, he visited us at the other at the PCS show and he sat and did a little live with me, he has that calming voice. He can actually talk to them. I can't. I don't have a filter. And so my dad never drugged me around with them to any of those meetings. My sister... She's very, very active. She's very oh, big yeah. part of it. Yep. Yeah, your sister, she's on the on the board of directors with me yeah, and several other key people too. You know, my dad put her in that spot because she has that calming voice, unlike myself, that I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand to listen to the rhetoric and I can't keep my dang mouth shut. So I, it's better that I don't go. But on the other hand, like I tell every single person that listens to me everywhere I go, if you're not a part of CCA, you really cannot complain about anything because you're not just standing there on the corner complaining about it. You need to get involved. It's the only voice we have at the table. For and sure. Like my dad said, he never understood for some reason why it is so important to shut down sport fishing in California. My dad never quite understood that because we are a great steward of the sea. You will see the sport boats out there picking those balloons up while we're out fishing. You'll see us doing so much proactive stuff. And we were ahead of this rockfish thing, the sport fishing boats. We were ahead of the rockfish. My sister and all the all the people in, that sat on the panel for CCA all said, let's start putting these coppers and these quillbacks back before yep. we get shut down. That's just, just unbelievable. It doesn't. It doesn't really show what the people think sport fishermen are because we are so proactive and we are so conservative driven. Now, I know I joke about it, that's kind of my stick, but yeah, I want to be able to fish for the rest of my life. I want to be able to take my grandkids fishing and get to see all the cool stuff right. you and I got to see. What we don't want, Dave, is one day driving out to the, your favorite fishing spot and saying, you can't fish here anymore. And the reality is, that can happen and they're trying to do that to us so that's why we really need to do everything we can today to make sure that that doesn't happen because it already has happened to a lot of people look at the people on the central coast the number of closures up there have just devastated them up there for their rockfish and and, and everything like that uh it's going to happen in southern california it's it, it, they're they're doing their best to try and take as much water as they can away from us so let's not make it happen let's let's uh Let's fight it all we can and, and support CCA. Even if you're not a political person, right? Just join CCA and be a part of the of, of, of our future. Yeah, because you all know what it takes to try to fight these people is it sucks that we have to talk about, it, but it takes money. Yeah, it, it's it, all it, about it's money. The bottom line. And when you get it taken away, like we lost something that was near and dear to my father and I, we lost all of Laguna, which was a, oh. that was a crime. 
Yeah. That was just a crime committed on the sport fishing industry. And it had so much to do with the people of Laguna having more money than all of us to, to do anything. We lost the whole city of Laguna where they were only going to take little pieces. And we lost all of it. And that is probably one of the most beautiful places in California to fish that we'll never be able to fish again. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But yeah, be a part of that. Uh, something else that you and I were a part of back in the old days that people don't know, we made those with Danny Jackson, you and I. The videos, yeah. Videos. Yeah, if you want to see old Pete, go look at some oh, of boy. those videos. Yeah, the hotspot Jackson. videos. Danny, Danny was a you know, think about that. Back in the day, he was such a pioneer for that kind of stuff. There was nobody doing those hotspot kind of things. Now there's all kinds of stuff that you can go on YouTube and stuff like that. But Danny was the man. And I remember Bongo Joe used to and, and Pat used to sell him in their booth, the, the Danny Jackson hotspot videos. Yeah. And they were fun. I, I learned every time I like when I'd go out with you and we do those videos, man, I'd learn so much from just doing them and then watching the video, too. They were right. really great. cutting edge back then. And that was 30 something years ago. And there was no internet. That was 27, no, 28 years ago. When yeah. I, I wonder made if those are streamed somewhere on a, we should put all, Danny should have those up on a YouTube channel with all those things. Cause those things are still relevant for sure. Yeah, he, he sold the rights to him to Mako Matt, which is Mako Matt doesn't have his tackle store anymore, but he sold the rights to Mako Matt. And I used to go in there and get them from Mako Matt to give to my, Mike, remember we made those. Here's something that people are listening. Aren't good. We made those on VHS. Yes. VHS. And Danny's camera was as big as the suitcase I carry back and forth to California. His camera, he carried on his shoulder. And I remember all that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Where, where were we on the videos we did? Do we do Catalina Island? No, you did San Diego. You did oh. San Diego and you did the Coronados. The Coronados. Okay, with you. Yeah. And then uh, me and Brockman did uh, San Clemente Island and we did the Orange County Coast. And then Brockman did Catalina and Brockman did the Horseshoe. And, you know, it was so funny back then because people said we were sellouts, remember? Yeah. We were, oh, yeah. We were giving away all the Giving away the spots. Yeah. yeah, now like Mark Wish, you know, with his book and everything like that. He got so much heat for that book and, and all the different books that he wrote. Um, and, and he was just trying to share his knowledge with people. And now we sure appreciate all that knowledge that, that Mark wrote in those books. Yeah, well, it's the most important thing. Like I say all the time, and your show does it all the time, is we're sharing all this stuff because there are people that sit on the sidelines and go, well, there's no fish left out there. And we're like, whoa, whoa wait a minute. There is a million fish. We just never gave you our secret. We never showed you where they were. Yeah. Now, now it's a race for everybody. You know, you got Captain, you had those guys on your show, Matt, the other day, Captain's Concept. Everybody is starting to share all the knowledge that they've gained over the years because if we keep looking over our shoulder, they keep trying to close everything. And it's imperative for us to let everybody know that it's okay to go fishing and that there are fish out there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You talk that that was a great show. If you haven't heard that show from the guys from Captain's Concepts, uh, go back and listen to that on our archives, our podcasts, either on our app or on our website, too. You can listen to those. But I found out some really interesting information yesterday. You know, this uh, this tuna season, everybody's like all geared up. And I just watched the Royal Star 
pull away on a three-day trip from my office here just a few minutes ago. And several of the boats are going out this weekend because we finally have a little bit of a weather window. It's not perfect, but it's okay. Uh, they're going to go out looking. But uh, Adrian, uh, who owns uh, Cedro Sport Fishing, um, he, he was at the show yesterday, the Bart Hall show in the, in the Cedro Sport Fishing booth. And I said, you're, you're doing a SAC, SAC spotter plane pilot. Say that 10 times fast. SAC <laughs> spotter plane uh, pilot. And I said, you were up the other day, right? And he goes, yeah. And I said, what'd you see? He goes, a lot of fish. He goes, I saw a lot of fish. I said, as good as it was last year, Adrian, he goes, equal is good, maybe better. I go, so why aren't we on as many fish so far? And he goes, it's the weather, Pete. Weather. I mean, fish are there. It's just we need to have some weather windows so that we can get them all located and I'll put you on, and I'll put you on the fish and it's there. But it's but there was actually a spot spotter plane report this morning from SAC that it's down in that 30-30 block. So I think that's where all that all those sport boats are headed this weekend on, on multi-day trips. So, But that was good news. So he told me, you know, he also flies for Ted Dunn and the commercial pens, the, the, uh, the tuna pens. And he said they were done faster this year than they were last year. Two weeks, oh they were done with the And that's that limit, guys, of the bluefin. That... My father and so many people work so hard to try to get everybody to be compliant with. And that is a huge deal why we are a lot, why we get to catch these fish because they're not all scared anymore of the sound of the boat like they right. were when every saner on the planet was wrapping them before they ever got here. Right. Yeah, Something right. real fun that you got to do. You got to go fly with Tom Green once, didn't you? I did, yeah. Before he retired, he, he, he I took me up on his plane. Would you? He was very reluctant to do that, um, but uh, it was such a cool day. In fact, he we took off from El Cajon, and he says, he said, uh, he said, well, I'll take you back halfway through, but I got to go check some different areas. So, about we saw all these spots of fish everywhere, man, and people were on fish everywhere. It was so awesome, and um, huge spots of bluefin uh, around Clemente, Catalina, you know, all the area from San Diego all the way up. And then he said, okay, I'm going to take you back. Cause I got to fly South and see if there's any fish down there. And I was like, do I have to go back? And he goes, no. I said, can I just stay? And so we went for a few more hours and checked out all this area down South too. That was kind of lifeless really. After seeing all this fish up on the North, we went down South, saw a few spots of small yellow fin, but we found out where the fish weren't. And that's the advantage of having these spotter planes. It's, you can find out where they're not. And how interesting was it to see that from the air? I bet that was just so cool. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, and, and his knowledge, too, you know, Dave, the knowledge that he has about, okay, that's a 200-ton a, a spot of uh, 80 to 100-pound fish. He'd call them in kilograms, but I go, okay, convert the, from kilograms, you know, 80 to – oh, that's a huge that's – a, that's a, you know, a 50-ton spot of 200-pounders or something like that. He, he could look right at the, 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 the spot and say what it was. That is incredible. But he did that for the Saners for a very long time. So Yeah, yeah. But for you, like, guys like you and me, we're just hanging out the window going, oh, my gosh, look at those fish. Yeah. That's 50 tons right there. Well, I just – some fish. Yeah, it's so that cool. Been so incredible. And so to see cool. all the different yeah. lights and the kelp patties and coming from where you came from, standing on the deck and then flying in the air, it's got to be one of the coolest experiences to go through. 
You realize, so, Dave, you realize how much elevation helps you spot stuff, though. When you go up there, it's like, you know, get higher on your boat, man. You can see stuff more, right? Oh, yeah. That's what those towers are for. That's why we put them on those big yachts for those. And the like the Royal and all those guys have that little bucket up on the top to see. Yeah. The higher you get, the better you see. But not, no, no advantage like being in an airplane. No, no. That is incredible. So you got your website, you got over there on your website, you got some really cool clothes. You got all kinds of cool stuff going on at Let's Talk Cookup. I mean, we're getting down. We're, we've already, I know you said, oh, Dave, I don't have, I don't have anything to talk about. I don't think I can do an hour. Pete, we're already at 55 minutes. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. So, well, yeah. On our website, um, let's talk hookup.com. Uh, we have a store. We don't sell a lot of stuff, but we sell T-shirts and hats and our club card. And, uh, and and we have these really cool AFCO bags that have our embroider on it. They're, they're on sale right now. Those are really a cool item, uh, like a tackle bag. And, uh, and AFCO is one of our partners, such a great group of people over there at AFCO and, and do so much stuff for us. And th while I'm on the subject of AFCO, we can't forget to say kudos to Bill Shedd. That guy has done more for sport fishing with all his knowledge and generous donations to United Anglers, CCA. And I mean, he was instrumental in making uh, the gill nets go away and many other things too. But, um, but thanks and to Bill Shedd and all he did. Swordfish thing. He's been right on the edge of that the whole time too. A a absolutely. So yeah. So um, you can see our store there. You can go online and and buy some stuff. We have these uh, cool embroidered shorts, Afco shorts, and uh, hats, and uh, and and some performance gear and stuff like that. But uh, but uh, and then the other thing you can find on our Let's Talk Hookup website is our all our trips. We list all our trips. A lot of them are already sold out. Uh, but you can uh, find out which ones are still available and which one still has availability. You know, one of the ones that has availability that I'm amazed at is is the Rancho Lane Arrow trip. And I saw John Ireland and uh, Pam and Phil and the gang at the Rancho Lane Arrow booth at the Bart Hall show yesterday. This is their last year. John sold the ranch and uh, he sold it to some home builders from Monterey, Mexico. And the ranch is going to be no longer in 2024. So if you want to go to one of the greatest places in the world, Rancho Leonardo, you got to go this year. And Pam told me yesterday that we still have four rooms left for our June Rancho Leonardo trip, which I'm amazed at. So sponsored by Statewide Stripes, our good buddy Dave. I don't know if you know Dave. He, he has a boat in Cabo there, Dave. But Dave, uh, Dave Brithwaite uh, from Statewide Stripes, super good guy, really loves to fish. And uh, so if you want to go to Rancho Leonardo with us, grab one of those rooms. It's really fun. Yeah, you guys want to check out the ranch before it goes away because, like Pete just said, it's going away. This is the last year. It'll be demolished next year, and it'll be a whole bunch of houses or maybe a big hotel. You don't know, but it won't be the ranch anymore. That's for no, sure. No, it won't be that beautiful palapa-roofed ranch that we so love. Yeah, I know you love it too, Dave. Oh, it was, it was, it is just amazing. When you get there, it's like you're in a different world. When you drive down that dirt road and you get to the ranch, and you're like, wow. Because when you're driving down the dirt road, and the very first time you drive down the dirt road, you're like, wait a minute, where are we going? Where are we going? Yeah, what, what is this place? But and it, then there's a traffic jam with five or six cows standing in the middle of the road, <laughs> right? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. And you come around that corner and you're at the big parking lot with the entrance and it's like, oh my gosh, how did he do this out here on this point? And when he did it, there was no houses there. Yeah. There was nothing there. For sure. Yeah. And then one thing I wanted to say, gang, those of you that are members of our website and those of you that aren't, you might want to check it out. There is a phenomenal, phenomenal interview with Bill Shedd. And we get oh. down to the nitty gritty and we talk about how instrumental his father was in SeaWorld. His father built SeaWorld. There was no SeaWorld. There was no such word as SeaWorld before Milt Shedd put that thing together. So if you want to see something really amazing and understand what they did actually for the killer whale, because when you hear Bill tell the story of what they did with killer whales before Bill's father put them in, it's pretty amazing. We won't talk, we don't want to lose any viewers, but you go listen to what the United States Navy used to use killer whales for, you'll go, well, maybe it's a good idea that they're in these aquariums. Yeah. yeah. And Bill, Bill and his dad Milt did so much, uh, have done and still do. Bill still works actively, you know, even though he's kind of semi-retired from AFCO, he's not really retired. He's just, he's amazing. So that, I'm going to have to go on your saltwater guide and watch that interview with Bill because Bill's my, one of my heroes, man. He's such uh, a super guy. He's such a good human. He's, he's kind of like, what my dad was doing at the end. He doesn't need to do any. He's done. He, he, yeah. he did his thing. AFCO, he built it. It's great. It's a phenomenal business, but he's still fighting the fight because he knows how important it is to make sure our grandkids get to go do what we love. Yes, for sure. Right? Yeah. It's so important. No question about it. So a quick recap. Rollo's Kids. At yep. Rollo's Rollo Kids. Rollo, RolloKids.org. R-O-L-L-O-K-I-D-S.org. Uh, you buy the annual raffle. It's it, all the money goes to uh, taking kids fishing. So buy your annual raffle tickets and that big promotion with Akuma is coming up. So listen to Let's Talk Hookup when that when we announce that and take advantage of those uh, free Akuma reels too. All right, there it is, right there. Yeah, check that out right there on the screen. And then the other thing, those of you that haven't that that fish, but you've been living in a cave, you don't know. Pete has a radio show every Saturday and Sunday. It's the way that Kelly and I. Our whole life revolves around Saturday and Sunday mornings. We listen to them for two hours Saturday, two hours Sunday. Talk about the radio show real quick. We're going to throw a couple plugs in for you because we're going to wrap this thing up. I told you I only needed you for an hour. All right, cool. That sounds great. So, yeah, every Saturday and Sunday, 7 to 9 a.m. on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Um, the, uh, that's an easy way to listen if you're within uh, the, the signal voice, which would be L.A., Santa Barbara, L.A., Orange County, uh, San Diego. Uh, or if you have trouble getting the signal or you don't want to listen to the radio, um, you can just download our app. Our app is free. Uh, it's Let's Talk Hookup uh, on the App Store or the Google Play Store. And uh, it's a free download. And uh, you can listen live. You can listen to the podcast archives of all shows on there. Has has a direct link to our website and all the information that we have on the website. Um, you know, one thing we didn't really talk about is the addition to Corey Sandin on the show. And I want to I don't want to uh, forget Corey. Corey joined us a couple years ago as our third co-host. So Ricky and I could go out and do more field research and have a backup there. And that's the honest truth. That's why we did it. But Corey is such a great addition to to the show because he brings a whole new knowledge. He is not an offshore fisherman. He is an inshore fanatic. Loves to surf fish. He loves the calico bass fish. He loves to fish the bays. He loves freshwater bass fishing. He's 
he's added a whole new dimension to the show, and we're just so pleased and excited to have Corey Sandin to be a part of the show. And he owns MC Swim Baits that we all fish with all the time. He pours some of the most incredible swim baits out there, right? The best, yeah. MC Swim Baits, yeah. He's and he pours every single one of them by himself, Dave. And then he also brings a different aspect to it. Because like he told me one time when I was on the show, he goes, hold on, Hanson, hold on. I'm a bait guy. I worked for the Everingham Brothers for a long, long time hauling your bait that you love to fish with. So he has every, he's got every angle. He's got every angle. He, he went knows. out there. He's got he's all kinds of knowledge that uh, we don't have because he's done a lot of the background stuff. He worked at Seaforth for a number of years. A lot of stuff there. Yeah. Yep. He's, he brings a whole different aspect to the show when he's on there it's really fun it's never not fun to listen to but his his perspective of what's going on is a different deal and he's a big time sir if you like to surf fish boy you want to talk to boy yeah he, he's a master or calico bass fish the other thing too this weekend a uh, couple of great shows um tomorrow on let's talk hook up Dwayne diego master angler and super amazing guy um is going to be here. Uh, rare appearance by him because he's always fishing. He's always out working, either in uh, Palau or, New or he just got back from Australia. And, and then he has Pinnacle Sport Fishing. So going to be opportunity to talk to one of the master bluefin guys on the show tomorrow morning, 7 and 9. And then Sunday, 7 and 9, we're going to have uh, Sean and Raymond from Fisherman's Processing. Uh, Raymond's a hard guy to get on the show. Raymond is the master cutter at Fisherman's Processing. So he's going to have maybe some inside tips for you on how to properly cut your fish and keep your fish and stuff like that. So that's going to be a fun show on Sunday too. And Pete, thank you so much. I went over the hour. I promised you an hour. We're that's cool, man. Thanks thank for having me. So much. This was a great show. A lot of people really enjoyed it. We had a lot of people watching. A lot, a lot of people. So thank you so much. Thank you for everything you've done for me. You guys don't understand. Pete has been such a huge part of my life since I was a little kid. He is just, he, for me, he's been like my hero. And I'm so happy that I get to be on your show on Sunday mornings. And I do try to do the very best job because I do not want to let you down. Well, I just don't want to let you down. You don't, do, Dave. And, and, and we're looking forward to your report. What are you going to talk about this Sunday? We're going to talk about tomorrow is opening day of Rock Cod. Oh, yeah, that's right. We've got so many people all fired up going out fishing tomorrow. We're going to have some great reports of this Rockfish Plus. I talked to Don Brockman. He said that there's going to be a squid boat at Catalina. So who knows? There could We could have sea bass to talk about. San Pedro Bait Company is has opened the bait barge up this morning. That's breaking news. You get that over on our website, but they, they've been closed all winter long. So San Pedro bait barge is open. The uh, carne or some, we're not exactly sure who Brockman didn't tell me, but somebody's going to be selling a squid if they catch it tonight in front of Avalon tomorrow morning. And also Long Beach, if they catch it, the carnage will be selling it out of the bait barge there. So there's going to be so much to talk about. Stay tuned. It's going to be incredible. If you're not part of my website, you need to become part of my website, too, at yoursaltwaterguide.com. Pete's a member. I've helped him out. He helps me out. We help each other out just like we do for everybody. And thank you so much again, Pete, for being a part of the show. This was so fun. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you and appreciate what you do. And uh, don't forget to download Dave's app, too. It's a great app. So check it out. Thanks for having me, Dave. All right, buddy. Thank you. We're going to sign off, gang. Thank you very much for watching.
talk to you all on Monday. Have a great weekend. Be kind to each other and uh, turn off the news. They're all lying. <laughs>